Blog Talk Radio. Just tuned in to the Midweek Pick-Me-Up Energy Show, featuring professional officiant, tuning fork facilitator, and author, Marcy Ann Chi. In 1988, Marcy Ann discovered the quantum fields of energy and vibration, and since then her life has been a day-to-day experiment in knowing how to live in light energy for happiness, health, and wealth. She shares the principles and laws of light energy as they operate in everyday life. And now... Here is Marcy Ann. Hi, everybody. It's the middle of the week, and this is Marcy Ann bringing you some updates on how to have some more energy in your life. <laughs> Today we're going to look at what we eat, uh, but first of all, I want to talk a little bit about what we think. Now, while I was growing up, there was a saying that you are what you eat, And not a lot of emphasis was put on what you think back there, back then in those days. And a lot of us, even city folk, were eating foods right out of our garden in the backyard. In my case, behind our house was another lot, and we owned that extra lot. So uh, my stepdad had his garden out there. He grew lettuce and carrots and tomatoes and green beans and peas and corn and pumpkins and squash and zucchini, even a row of potatoes we got to dig out. (laughs) Mother would go tell us to go pick some corn or go get the lettuce and the tomatoes, you know, right before dinner was about to be served. I'm going to tell you, there's just nothing better when you grow up (laughs) on a farm in Indiana when you just have that fresh corn cooked one minute right from the stalk <laughs> and sliced tomatoes that are still warm with the summer sun. Mmm, so good. You know, a small garden, even just a small patch in a backyard, can produce a lot of food. In our case, since our garden was so big, my mother would cook and then she would can all of those summer vegetables and we would have them all winter as well. And, you know, this was back in the days when our soils were still rich in the minerals and nothing was sprayed with pesticides and the food was full of vitamins and minerals. And then it was prepared and loved by our mother, who served us our dinner every night at the family table in the dining room. We did have a rule that we had to eat everything on our plate, whether we liked it or not. And yes, we did hear that story about the starving children in India. (laughs) And that we were to be thankful and grateful that our tummies were filled with the goodness of God's earth and the work of our stepdad and our mom. And this blessing was said before we all ate together every single night. Doesn't this kind of sound like a fairy tale? (laughs) Well, let's break this down a little because it's not a fairy tale. It is the truth of another time. 
Those were the times when the family assembled at the dinner table in the evening and had their meal together. Perhaps we didn't have cell phones then, but there was a value system in place, value systems of respect and acknowledgments of authority and etiquette and taking turns and recognizing boundaries and value systems that regarded education and individual responsibility as important. Actually, for telephones then, we had party lines. (laughs) We'd have to pick up the phone and listen to make sure the other party wasn't on the line, wasn't using the phone before we used it. And it was an absolute big no-no to listen in on the party line. (laughs) And as a child, I can remember I was tempted to listen in. But, you know, within myself was a value system. Even if no one was watching me, I knew it was wrong to listen in on the party line. So I didn't do it. Whether I was being watched by my parents or my siblings or not, it was my own personal value system that was in operation. Uh, we had to be at the dinner table at 5 o'clock, we were, and we were taught manners. We had to sit straight up in our chair and put our dinner napkin in our lap, and we had to say, please pass the potatoes. And the news of the day was discussed, and opinions were given by ma- mother and daddy, and and the children were to listen and learn. But we could ask questions, too. We weren't taught to be seen and not heard. We were able to ask our questions and and to find out as much as our mother and father knew about things. And beyond what they knew, my mother had a set of encyclopedias in the living room. And many times after dinner, I can remember, we gathered at the coffee table and looked up things in the encyclopedia. I mean, I still look up things all the time. You know, now I use Google and Wikipedia but that was a pattern that was set early in my life. And uh, it, it was a man's world because it was my sister's job to help mother fix the dinner, and it was my job to do the dishes. You know, the boys just were free to go do whatever they wanted to do after dinner. No kitchen duties for them. They did take out the trash. <laughs> So my sister learned all of Mother's tricks on how to make the best pie crust in the world and homemade noodles and dumplings and and also the best chocolate cake you've ever had. While my expertise that was developed was to do those dishes in a record-breaking time so I could get to bed and listen to my favorite radio programs on my own private radio that I had bought when I had my paper route. Later on, when I got a part-time job at the drugstore down at the corner and I worked during the dinner hour and ate at the drugstore, when I would get home from work at 9 p.m., those dishes would still be on the dining room table waiting for me to get them all washed before I went to bed. And one day I asked my mother if she could at least rinse them off so that the food wasn't all dried out and stuck to the plate so much. And she flashed that stern look on her face at me, and she said, Young woman, it's your job in this family to do the dishes. Well, today I'm 81 years old, and um, I don't take any medications. And um, 
I don't go to the doctor. And I think a lot of that has to do with this holistic way of life that we had uh, when I was uh, being raised up as a child. And uh, if you listen to my show on autoimmune diseases, you you will learn that symptoms of anything are proof that your body is doing something about the problem. A symptom is not something to get rid of. A symptom is proof that your body is in a process of resolving some issue that's going on in your body. You know, our current medical system uh, doesn't deal uh, with the cause of symptoms. They just treat the sy- symptom to make it go away. When, But the symptom is pointing to something that is happening in the body that has an original cause, and I do try to get to the original cause of anything that's going on uh, in my body. And over the years, who knows what I've actually had going on because uh, – if I had gone to the doctor, you know, you get a name for something. And I choose not to get those names for things because uh, when you name it, <laughs> now you've got it. And if you try to stop the symptoms, you're interrupting the process. Now, I me- I mentioned in my um uh, on the show today that um, I've been having um, a, a some burning and partial numbness on the left side of my body. It comes and goes, comes and goes, and it's worse and better. And so I'm on, currently on a journey now to discover what's causing that. And because all through my life I've I've had these different things that have happened that send me on these journeys. <laughs> and that's how I, I get all this information. Cause, uh, all, but all original causes are emotional. So just know if you're diagnosed with cancer, some emotional trauma was introduced into your body a long time before it ever manifested in your physical body as cancer. And that emotional trauma was stored in your etheric body. And if it's never dealt with and resolved, eventually it's going to cause the physical body to activate the autoimmune system and try to get rid of it. Because this is what cancer is, a mass of emotions quarantined in your body. And I'm constantly taking classes that help me deal with all my emotions because I want to find out what the emotional cause is at the root of this um, neuropathy and partial numbness that's uh, come up in my body. Now, I had this once before, a long time ago, back when I was in my middle 30s. And um, it was associated with uh, a time in my life when I was just in extreme stress and strain uh, to my entire uh, spiritual, mental, intellectual, and emotional, physical system. Extreme stress. And um, so I thought about that. I thought, well, uh, what is the stress I'm in now? Uh, my life is... <laughs> I fit, 
you know, just about the time I figure, I think I've got it all figured out. <laughs> then I get another way, another time to uh, take another journey. <laughs> so, uh, and I am constantly taking classes that help me deal with my emotions. And I am uh, just finished an eight-week meditation meditation class right now that keeps me you know helps me to keep focused on my connection with the source of love in my life which is God constantly focused on my connection with healing energy uh, the light energy that we all have access to and I'm and then constantly be being connected with the earth you know we're having emotions every day so to think that you've got everything all figured out, I mean, tomorrow comes. And every minute, I mean, something we see on TV, something someone says to us, or a memory of something from the past, a distress about something going on in the family, or a disappointment, or an expectation that didn't happen. I mean, there's just hundreds of things all the time that create emotions and these emotions are part of us. They make up part of of who we are and part of why we do what we do. And if we eat food, even if it's really good food for us, if we eat it when we're mad or sad, it just can't do its job in the body as well as it could if we ate that food while we were happy. And another thing that we do is when we eat, we're eating while we're doing something else, like, you know, watching television or reading a book or talking with our partner about what happened at work or complaining about something that's going on in our life. I went to a seven-day silent retreat several years ago, and at mealtime, of course, there was no television to watch, and we couldn't talk to anybody, so... Uh, and we were encouraged to have a relationship with the food we were eating and to concentrate on the food itself. Notice its beautiful color, smell its wonderful smell, be aware of the texture as we chewed it, the taste as we swirled it around in our mouth. And after doing this for seven days, I did develop a routine that I still pretty much practice today. I try to always make sure that when I eat, I'm not doing anything else. Because this concentration upon the food also sets up a cosmic connection with the food that actually allows the food to be so appreciated that when it goes into the body, it gives our body exceedingly abundant more energy and more health. You know, there was a movie one time that was called Like Water, Like Chocolate. If you haven't seen that movie, it's just so good. I recommend it. It was about a young woman who cooked for a living, and she loved to cook. So while she was preparing the food, she would put so much love in it that the people who ate her food were so happy. (laughs) And then something happened, and she was sad when she cooked the food, and the people who ate the food were sitting there crying and not even (laughs) knowing why. But this is cosmic truth, because food prepared with love gives us more energy 
And food eaten with love also gives us more energy because love is an expanding force. Love amplifies whatever it's connected to. So it's important that when you eat, you're eating while you are ha- you, while you are happy because your eating should be fun, fun, fun. And another technique I learned in this uh, meditation class I uh, just finished that is helping me to have more energy and be healthy uh, starts with going into my heart where I visualize a point of light that is connected to the source of, uh, of, well, source or God or universe or whatever you call energy. And I say I send a ray of that light out of my heart down into the center of Mother Earth and anchor in. And when I first anchored in, it, you know what? It felt like a great big, you know, like that, like a huge metal fastener clicking on into Mother Earth's heart, just like, well. Have you ever gone to the state fair in your state and and seen a big mama pig who's just had like 11 baby piglets and, and to see how those little baby pignic, piglets hook onto the mama pig's pit and begin to suck on it for all it's worth? Well, that's that's the way I felt. I had just hooked on to mother. <laughs> And that the idea that the facilitator introduced to us was that when we hook on to Mother Earth, we open up a stream of nourishment that Mother Earth then sends back up that light ray back into our body. And we're flooded with her love and her nutrients for the support and maintenance of our physical body. So now every day I've been doing this with mindful awareness and then uh, sending it through this, you know, you know, into this left side of my body uh, where the uh, peripheral neuropathy and just tiny little bit of numbness is. Uh, what a wonderful idea this is. What a wonderful feeling. It makes me feel so loved and cared for. And I hardly recommend that you also let Mother Earth help to support and maintain your physical body. You know, since shoes have been made with rubber soles now instead of leather soles, we lost a lot of just the natural everyday connection to Mother Earth we used to to get without even realizing it. And today, uh, how many people do you know who actually go outside and walk barefoot on the grass or on the beach and even if they do are they mindfully aware that they're connecting to the source of maintenance and support that the earth gives to our physical body every day i mean you've heard ashes to ashes dust to dust our bodies come from the earth our bodies are made from the elements of the earth so what better way to keep them happy and healthy this idea has been so wonderful to me. It it just has introduced me to a whole new level of how much I am loved and cared for by the earth. 
You know, the love of the mother is the deepest and most profound love that is available to us as human beings. And that mother love comes to us first from Mother Earth and then from our mother. And, you know, perhaps you haven't had the best relationship with your human mother, but you can open yourself up to receiving the love of Mother Earth and begin to feel her love and her care for you. You know, this could be a life-changing idea for you. And my mother did love to cook, and I know that she chose what she made for our dinner for us every night based on what she knew was good for us. And I remember she would have liver once a week, and I just could hardly get it down my throat. But I ate it. And liver is full of nutrition for our liver. And I know that the love energy that my mother used to make our dinner every night is part of that reason why at 81 I am still so very healthy and don't have to take any medications. And another technique I learned uh, at this meditation class I took was to mindfully and with awareness feel our heart fill up with love. And the facilitator had said that on her way to class that night, she found that she was just having very judgmental thoughts about all the other drivers on the freeway. And it was making her angry. And then she realized, I must not be full of love. So she mindfully visualized her heart, and with awareness, she opened her connection to source, and she realized her heart being filled up with love. And then she said the rest of the drive to class was very peaceful. All of a sudden, everybody on the freeway was driving perfectly. And I do think of myself as a toroidal system of energy. And you can look up that word Taurus, toroidal, T-O-R-U-S in Google, and you can see pictures of how it works. And I know that I am a center point within all systems in the unified field of energy. And at this center point, I am informed and influenced by the surrounding environment. And the surrounding environment is informed and influenced by me. And it is a continuous, balanced, rhythmic interchange. So... um, This is how I am thinking about this connection with Mother Earth. I send my energy down into the core of Mother Earth, and then I receive back up Mother Earth's nutritional uh, support and maintenance for my physical body. Okay, now let's do uh, get to listing of... um, some foods that you can eat every day that are also going to nourish your physical body and help the organs of your body uh, work really, really good for you. So you're going to eat while you're happy. You're going to concentrate on the food and not do anything else while you're eating. And then we're going to eat foods that are good for the various organs in our body. Now, one of the most important organs in your body is your liver, Because the liver processes the nutrients that you give to your body, and it also eliminates toxic waste. And it's involved in the process of uh, receiving, uh, breathing in oxygen and 
breathing out carbon dioxide, and the liver facilitates this operation. I mean, that's so important. <laughs> so, uh, in, a, in no order of importance here, uh, we'll start with number one, garlic. Eat garlic. Number two, turmeric. The liver just loves turmeric. It's not a spice that we think very much of using as much as we do salt and pepper, but just dash some turmeric. Turmeric. You you can put it on just about anything you're eating, a soup or sandwich. I put it in, uh, I eat a lot of lentils because they're high in protein, and I put in turmeric and garlic. I mean, that's just delicious for the uh, liver. Number three, grapefruit. Grapefruit, just the liver loves grapefruit. Number four, walnuts. And then these next ones are good for your liver and for the heart. Spinach, arugula, broccoli, and cabbage. And you hear it all the time, don't you? Good health and lots of energy come from eating fruits and vegetables. <laughs> and the more green vegetables you can eat, the better, right? But you know what? Beets and carrots are good, too. Beets are red. Carrots are orange. So not just green vegetables. Stick in some beets and some carrots because the heart and the liver love both of those. And for the heart, dark chocolate I mean, why not pick up those dark chocolate-covered walnuts your ter- next trip to the grocery store and have a handful? I mean, what a wonderful treat. No feelings of guilt, just happy feelings. <laughs> know that you're helping your heart and your liver. Isn't that a different way to eat? Because eating for energy is a lot more fun. Eating for energy makes the whole process of eating, which, you know, we do three times a day, makes it a great celebration. Now, a great heart-happy breakfast is oatmeal with blueberries. Your brain loves that. And it's so important to get your omega-3 fats whether you're eating fish or taking a supplement, I do take an omega-3 supplement because it's just easier to do it that way. And I also drink whole milk. And I put real butter on my toast. And I'm not getting caught up in this gluten thing at all. Do you know that only less than 1% of the population has celiac disease, which is an intolerance to gluten The rest of us can take a little gluten just fine. I mean, I do prefer oat bread and sourdough, which is lower in gluten. But my most favorite is Oro Wheat, Oro Wheat, Cinnamon Raisin, English Muffins. Mmm, they're so good. And be sure to eat eggs, especially the yolk. There are a whole bunch of myths about that, but I have said this before on my show. It has been proven in the laboratory by PhD uh, scientists that the egg, the yolk of an egg, has the highest amount of life 
force energy in it that is available to us in any other food. Whoever started that myth that the yolks of eggs are bad must be at the in the medical profession who and they don't want you to be healthy, they want you to be sick so they can make money. I hard boil eggs and I make egg sandwiches and I use the cinnamon raisin English muffins and today I put uh, I toasted the English muffins, put real butter on them, and put the the uh, egg hard boiled egg slices, and then used orange marmalade jelly. Oh, I'm telling you, it was delicious. I was so happy while I ate it. And your brain needs fat, good fats to operate. Fats, don't be afraid of fat. Avocados have wonderful fat for your liver and your heart and your brain. And potatoes are very filling. You can eat potatoes. They're full of potassium. Just don't get them French fried. And your stomach and your colon need probiotics. Greek yogurt is really good for that. And lemons help to keep a good pH balance. Because if your system is too acidic, cancers can grow. But if you keep your system more alkaline, cancers can't grow. And don't drink sodas. Drink lots of water. And I put the lemon juice in my water with a little bit of sugar. Now, a little sugar doesn't hurt you. Actually, the body turns a lot of our food into sugar inside the body because sugar makes energy. But right now, there's never been as much type 2 Uh, diabetes as we have now and I am here to tell you right now that type 2 diabetes is a made up disease by the drug companies which is based on a numerical system of supposed norms for the human body the drug companies use these norms to determine if a human body is functioning properly but people each one of us is a unique creation Each one of us has a body, a human body mechanism that works specifically for us. And the way that one human body mechanism works for one person simply cannot be used to determine how another human body mechanism is supposed to work. I have a friend right now who's struggling with this type 2 diabetes myth Thing. Her doctor has her pricking her finger every four hours to check her blood sugar. I mean, just the stress of having to do this would put a human body mechanism into a tension that would run up the numbers. My doctor wanted me to take my blood pressure every morning and every night and keep a chart. And I tried this for a week, and I was so upset all the time that all it did was make my blood pressure go up. It was up and down, up and down, and that would just upset me all the more. So I just quit. I told him I couldn't do it. I just said, you know, it just totally upsets me to do this. I am not going to do it. And I have another friend who does take her blood pressure every morning, every 
night. And if the numbers seem too high to her, she just immediately doesn't feel well, and she'll just sit in the chair all day. So what's the purpose of this? I just think it's a deliberate way to get us all needing to take blood pressure medicine and type 2 diabetes medicine. You know, since my friend has been taking the type 2 diabetes medication, she's gained a lot of weight. She has so little energy now. And I'm I'm going to have to do another show on this type 2 diabetes thing, the cause of which is at the at the cause of type 2 diabetes. I'll just tell you right now. The cause is family abandonment and betrayal which creates hurt and great sadness with no sweetness in the life. And the body is starved for love and constantly craves sweetness, so the body tries to make more sugar, more sugar. And that's what produces an elevated sugar level in the blood. So I'll just have to do a whole show on this, but just know that at the that uh, you... You, uh, if you're bordering on type 2 diabetes, immediately you should start to go to an emotional family uh, counselor. I would suggest HeartMath. The HeartMath program is excellent. Um, and uh, start to deal with that original family abandonment, and those family betrayals that have happened in your life. Okay, we got to go on here. Because, you know, we've been fed a whole bunch of food myths and folklore and fairy tales about what is healthy. There are entire industries built around these myths and these fairy tales, and their entire intent is to make money. In researching liver cleanses, I found more information on how these cleanses actually overtax the liver to the point where it actually could harm it. <clears throat> it's better to, to daily eat what the liver likes. The liver knows how to do cleanses. That's its job. There's another class I take from time to time that is filled with these health food addicts. You know, they all have those extremely toned, <laughs> skinny bodies, and, and you know they're probably doing yoga and eating yogurt three times a day and making sure they have their omega-3s and everything. But, uh, but and all that's good, um, but, you know, they all have that particular look on their face. I don't know. Perhaps I'm seeing something that other people don't see, but it's a look of pain and stress to me. <laughs> it's a look of tension, like what you see on those people who run in the heat, you know? They look like they're in total pain to me. <laughs> they're consumed with making sure they're doing everything possible to give their body everything that it needs and and there certainly isn't anything wrong with this. I'm not looking at this from the judgment of right or wrong at all. I'm just suggesting that there is a way to eat, to have energy that is fun. I mean, you can change the focus from have to, you know, all those shoulda, woulda, coulda syndromes of duty, duty, duty. <laughs> and you and you can 
you can change to indulging yourself in a big bowl of hot cauliflower with melted jack cheese on top in an absolute almost dizzy happiness. <laughs> this can be done with an attitude of, oh, I'm just loving eating this cauliflower. I'm just loving having this handful of dark, dark chocolate-covered walnuts. Mm-mm. Oh, boy, this raw co- broccoli is so good with honey mustard dressing. So we can transfer all those moments of self-indulgence that were you know, secretly activating our guilt because we knew it wasn't good for us to having all of our moments that are involved with eating be moments of self-indulgence that are filled with love, free of guilt, and at the same time giving our body everything that it needs to do its job. So, Start with preparing your food for yourself with great love and attention to detail. Just arrange the food on your plate like it's an art form. (laughs) Enjoy the colors. and Enjoy the smells. And then give your full attention to what you are eating. Don't do anything else while you eat. Savor every bite. Chew it about 20 times. Think about the properties of that food and how it's going to help your body. Tell your liver, liver, here comes some turmeric for you. Heart, I'm sending you these potatoes. They're full of potassium. I know you just love that. And make your meal one of the most fun things you do each day. I mean, you do it three times a day. So these are three fun things every day in your life, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. What a difference it'll make in how much you feel loved and cared for. And then if you add to this uh, the way you eat to get your energy every day, your daily mindful connection to Mother Earth I think you're going to see a big change in the way you feel, and you're going to have so much more energy. That's our show for today. Thanks so much for listening. You can contact Marcy Ann on her website, www.marcyann.com. You can also view all of Marcy Ann's videos on YouTube by putting Marcy Ann in the YouTube search window. You can download her book for free at www.mrwriteforme.com. And if you want to go into business for yourself, take a look at Marcy Ann's Weddings and Celebrations Business Startup Course at www.weddingofficiantschool.com. The Middle of the Week Pick Me Up Energy Show is broadcast live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Coast Time from Marcian's Studios in Southern California. All shows are also archived and can be listened to at any time in any place in the world. <laughs>